But anything that you don't want me to talk about, don't want me to ask oh, about? Oh, no, I'm a very open book, unfortunately, for other people. You know, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome to the Here to Uplift podcast, where we center the stories of impactful changemakers, entrepreneurs, and community leaders who have done the hard work of uplifting themselves through adversity to get where they are today, and now uplift others along the way in their journeys. I'm Lolo Fisher, your host, lover of all things wellness, healing, and empowerment, and I would greatly appreciate if you show us your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with others. Let's get into it. Today, my special guest is Tanisha McLean. You might know her as your favorite local baker and mixologist or the salty sweetness from the South, Peachy Queen. Though she wears many hats, she is known for making an impact in everything she does. And trust me, she does it big. So loved by her community, I am so excited to share this episode with you where we dive deeper into her story and learn about what makes Tanisha who she is. The unique, fiery artist, tenacious community leader, and sweet yet don't play with me soul that she is. Hailing from North Carolina and now calling Merced home, Tanisha keeps it real with us and talks about protecting her peace and time as a busy entrepreneur, the balance of caring for your body and health and your business, and how you can embrace being different, even from a young age or when you enter a completely new environment. All these gems and more. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Here to Uplift podcast. I'm here with my special guest, Tanisha McLean, who has many other names, whether it's Peachy Queen or Kishi Fairy and all the things. But for me, not only as a colleague and associate collaborator, she is my friend and the first person I was introduced to in Merced, California, which has a whole little backstory. We, she's from North Carolina. I lived in North Carolina for a bit. And when I moved to a place called Merced that I had never heard of in my life before, one of my friends was like, I have somebody that you will absolutely love that lives there and go figure. She was right. Thank you, Crystal, if you're listening to this. Thank you, Crystal. Tanisha is one of the best people I've ever met, especially in this town. She has been such a savior for me for a lot of events and things that I've been working on, but more so such an inspiration for the work that she's doing, the way she impacts community, and now for even some of our girls' dates and girls' trips that we've been going on. So I'll let her introduce herself before I just keep going on and on and on. But please welcome my guest, Tanisha. Hi. I'm Tanisha <laughs> McLean. Yes, I do have like 50 billion names. Uh, Peachy Queen in the burlesque community, Pito de Gallo in the drag community, uh, Kishi Fairy or Kishi Creations for my business, um, and just T, the letter T uh, as a bartender uh, and a mixologist <laughs> because sometimes people can't remember my name and that's a whole nother thing. Uh, so yeah, I've been performing uh, spoken word, drag, uh, burlesque, I'm a chef and um, baker, kind of an all-around tornot <laughs> in Merced, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. And sometimes a uh, uh, vintage fashion person, I really like playing with maximalist style. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So I feel like one thing is that 
when you go around town in general within Merced in the Central Valley, like people know your name. If I say Tanisha or if I say Kishi Ferry, people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I love her or I love her goods or whatever it is. So you found a way to connect with a lot of community members mm -hmm. in the work that you're doing. So even though what I hear most often in businesses is like you have to just have a specific niche, it's like you have multiple niches that have now connected so many people across this community that I don't think would normally connect in the ways they do. So was there intention behind that or was it just like you doing your thing and it happened naturally? So originally I was just like, no, I'm gonna do this thing and this is what I do and I try to keep things separate. Yeah. Like I have what, like two or three dead Instagrams that are still kind of floating around where I was trying to be like, this is the person and this is the thing and this is the thing. So now I have just two distinct ones and my business one, it's food, but it's also human behind mm -hmm. it because I had to remind people that even though I do all this stuff, like first and foremost, I'm a human. Yeah. Because there's a human element to every aspect. Art imitates life, but it's also life. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. then with food, like you feed people, but like a person is putting their intentions yeah. and they're putting their energy into it. So that's also part of, you know, that humanity so kind of remembering I had to remember I'm a human first and foremost and so then I kind of just scrapped it's like I used to be like oh yeah hi yeah. I'm Tisha I'm your baker person and then people were like oh do you also perform I'm like, mm. and I would try to keep that separate but in a tiny town I'm a black core femme it's really <laughs> it's really hard to separate all my things so I was just like here here's all the stuff and I was just like Poof. right right how does it feel for you now that you've done that Strange, because then uh, people develop these parasocial relationships sometimes, and sometimes they can't disassociate like my burly persona and my baker persona, and they kind of melt together, which is fine. It's kind of done that during yeah. the pandemic, but sometimes like people who I don't necessarily know who right. feel like they have a relationship with me will come up, and then they cause a little bit. If I say I'm with you know families mm -hmm. <laughs> or hanging out with people who get my treats. Right. I'm not talking about like my burly stuff at right. that moment. There's time and space, so I have to kind of set a little bit of boundaries mm -hmm. with that. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want to kind of break down the different parts then to know like where each journey has led. So when did you get into baking and cooking? So I've been baking and cooking uh, since I was five with my mom. Five? Five. I had a little step stool beside the stove, and she told me how to cook eggs, and she showed me how to do like little bits and pieces yeah. in North Carolina. And you know, we go and get some ingredients, and I'd help like crack stuff, or you know, she'd be like, "Here, you put this in there." So I'd help cook with her, and uh, professionally, in some regards, since I was 15. Yeah. So I'm 37 now. So however long that is, nice. I've been um, in kitchens, uh, learning prepping and. Uh, I was in. Uh, I was a short order cook. I was a grill cook. I've been on different parts of the line: front of the house, back of the house, management, bar stuff. So just kind of a little bit Experience. of everything. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. And I'll be talking to people. They're like, "How old are you?" Right. Like, I, I got experience. All right. I understand. <laughs> I've just been hustling, going through stuff, and just trying to make sure I know all the components of what I'm doing, yeah. so that if I'm if I take on a person like an apprentice leader, then yeah. I know that I'm telling them something that I've already done. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because I think far too often we're getting told what to do by folks who haven't actually done it themselves or don't know how to do it themselves, but neither here nor there. 
Sometimes it'd be like that. I mean, I've worked on a lot of, so I've worked on being a little bit more balanced in yeah. my temperament. But I know when I was like hard in the knives and fire life, isn't I that the just, culture though? Who? <laughs> it can be. Like the culture is a little aggressive behind it can the scenes, be. right? Yeah, it can be. Like I'm pretty intense by myself when I'm in the kitchen, so I like, I I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly how I want things to be. So I try, even if someone's helping me, I'm like, hey, yeah. so I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I'm a little bit like just very direct. Mm -hmm. But I know when I was in like the full knives and fire life, it was do this, do that, go there, go there, be there, be there. And then I got into that mentality, so I was a little abrupt. Mm -hmm. And so I've worked on that as I've had my business, because I really don't want that energy to go in my food necessarily. Because mm. my food, um, it comes from like ancestral love, it comes from like being like my the warmth of being southern the warmth of like just wanted to share my food love with other people yeah. it's not from that energy that frantic energy i don't feel right. like that was conducive to help me grow mm. and you had to divide that which is i think harder for a mindset than it is in action yes yeah okay i'm curious if you could pull like a couple life lessons from your experience behind the scenes in the kitchen mm -hmm. and with your own kitchen and cooking now, like what would those life lessons be that translated? Uh, going back to the, your human beings first, mm -hmm. it gets really intense in small spaces, uh, keeping a cool, like even if you have to walk away for a second, mm -hmm. come back to the space because in those moments, uh, there's a lot of animosity that doesn't have to happen. Mm. It doesn't have to happen. Uh, and so, you know, being very honest and genuine, it took a long time because you're trying to fit into kind of a mold sometimes. Yeah. And at this point, like when I was younger, I was like, yeah, yeah, chef, I'm going to do this. And just kind of shaping myself into something I wasn't. Yeah. And then once Ooh. I started leaning mm -hmm. into this is what I want. This is what my vision is mm -hmm. for food. This is what I envision and putting that into it. Yeah. And I got more of a calmness that exists when I'm in a kitchen mm. or even going in other people's kitchens. Um, I've guessed at places. I've done that. And then I have a greater understanding mm -hmm. of just how, you know, how I can kind of circumnavigate that. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about shaping ourselves? Yes. Like... I like that you use that phrasing because that's exactly how it feels sometimes in any career where you're working for somebody else, but also just in life, if I'm being honest about my own experiences for family, for friends, mm -hmm. like how we adapt and shape ourselves to what other people are expecting and needing from us. And it's hard. It has been hard. I'll use past tense. It has been hard to circumvent, as you said, and really figure out what is it that I vision for myself when you're so enthralled in shaping yourself for somebody else. It took a long time to settle into who Tanisha, who Peachy, who Peter, who who I am at my fundamental core. Mm. Uh, even when I first started, you know, um, burlesque and drag, I was just like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Mm. I need to do this. I see this. This is what is going to be accepted. And I, um, I was looking for a black mentor, a black. Mm -hmm queer mentor and I had found uh, Dahlia Cash and uh, I'd seen them performing online because they weren't they don't live here they're from the Bay originally mm -hmm. uh, but I'd follow them for a little bit when I was starting I was a super baby <laughs> and um, 
they were coming to Oakland one day, and I was like, hey, so I'm a baby, and I'm just flailing. Uh, can I come see you and just, like, talk to you because I think you're awesome? Yeah. And, yeah, and they're like, yeah, come on. And so I met them, and they're a great and wonderful human, and then we developed a friendship, mm-hmm. and they were like, the first night, they're like, Glomp, here, you're part of Cash Trap. Oh, that and welcomed me, me right was, away. Oh, it was so necessary, because I had been mm. told, like, you have to do this, you have to be this, you have to, like, mold yourself and shape yourself into this thing. And having a person just kind of accept me yeah. just for the bare rawness, and then as we've grown in our relationship as friends and mentor, mentee, yeah. Just be yourself. Do what feels authentic to you. Do what like makes you happy. Mm. And as I've leaned more into that, that's where my, even my foundational of my own self, yeah. like has been shifting towards that. Because now I have decided, you know, I, I'm 37 now. I've decided, you know, I'm gonna live my full self. I'm gonna live my mm. authentic self. You're gonna hear the voice if you don't want to hear it. You're gonna see. You're gonna see what you don't want to see. Sometimes yeah. it's gonna make you uncomfortable. But I'm here. You got. I'm gonna talk about mental health. Oh no. You know, yeah. as a black femme, we're talked. We're told not to like. We're told to wear this mask sometimes mm-hmm. and not to take that mask off. Yeah. But I am a neurodivergent human. Mm-hmm. I'm queer. I'm fat. I'm black. All those things are things you see, they're things mm-hmm. that people kind of automatically judge you for. So I'm going to I'm gonna take hold of the reins of that narrative yeah. and I'm going to shape how my my conversation is talked about. Mm-hmm. And people are starting to see that. I yeah. get a lot of commentary about, hey, thank you for being yourself or thanks for your you know, your right. openness and you know, it's really hard. I'm not yeah. gonna say, Oh, it's not easy, of course. It's a journey. <laughs> it's a whole situation, but being more of my authentic self and, you know, letting people know, hey, I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm having a low energy day. Hey, today is today is a great day and yeah. this is why. Hey, my therapy appointment went great. You know, just being very honest with people. I think that gives you a better insight um, into who a person is. Mm-hmm. And so people are drawn to that more. Right. I've gotten more followers just, just shooting the shit, being like, hey, I'm, or like, you know, going to conferences and be like, hi, I'm Peachy, how are you? I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> and people are like, okay, all right. All right. And like, uh, I'm a fairy, what's up? Fresh out the forest, let's frolic. And people are like, okay, hey, I'm weird. Are you weird too? Let's be friends. And people are like, all right. Yeah, but I think that's something I've always appreciated about you is like, one, I know you're going to be honest with me, like, instantly from the start i could tell what your facial expressions one but also you'll say it straight up you're direct you know in terms of what our interactions are like if i see a friendship with you if i see a business relationship with you like it's clear from the start and i've always appreciated that but the piece is like your authenticity just exudes this really like light it exudes a light out of you like when i see you talking to other people even behind the bar sometimes when i've like visited the partisan or i'm like no i want tanisha because i know everything she makes is with love with light with intention like baking a drink like a dance every performance and i'm glad you're talking about the human side that's behind it because i think we've been taught and i'm saying we proverbially but i think we've been taught that 
everything we do is for entertainment, especially when we're thinking about burlesque, dancing, even our businesses, like we're serving other people. Like everything I do is for your entertainment. And that's not true. Like the entertainment is only a piece The entertainment of is the a story. byproduct after mm. you're doing the thing that brings you joy. Because if I'm just, because oh. Oh. <laughs> if I'm just shucking and down. driving, <laughs> if I'm just dancing for you, yeah, there's not the spirit involved in mm. it. I can dance for you. Because so, case in point, when I've done things for themed shows, yeah. I like some themed shows, right? Right. But if I just create a number for a show, it's completely different than if I make something that I've wanted to make for mm. me. And I can tell that there's a different energy. I mean, I'm putting my 100% into it. I'm putting yeah. my intention behind it and things like that. But that, like, that like original intention of I embody this, this is mine, like, this is from me, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the best damn thing yeah. I can do, that's different than Absolutely. I'm going to make this for this show. Yeah. And yeah. so I think, so I have a number, and it's a burlatry number, burlesque poetry, Okay. I've been a spoken word artist for a long time. Gotcha. And uh, I thought it would be a number that people would be like, okay, yeah, it's different, whatever. It is probably my most requested number, surprisingly. Mm. I was like, oh, people are going to like this thing. Uh, people might like this one. No, this is my most requested act. It's an act that has gotten to a festival. It's an act that people request specifically. It's an act that has won like a competition. Mm. And it's something that I created because I was like, I love both of these things. Let me see how it works. It was experimental, yeah. and now I'm creating more of that type of number because yeah. I really like it. And it was real to you. Yeah. And it translates. Like, yeah. the realer we can be, the more we attract the realness that matches us and exactly. that aligns with our work and the opportunities. And I'm learning that in this season right now. Like, the more authentic and real I can be, the more I can put myself out there and say, hey, this is what I love to do. This is who I am then it starts aligning. I meet the right people, the right places. and It does. It does line stop up. Stop trying to shape ourselves for yeah. everybody else. It took a long time. It does um, It does ruffle some feathers. Mm -hmm. I do get a lot of pushback. Um, there's some people who feel like I should be more shaped in the way that, you know, you should present yourself like this because, you know, this person uh, is viewing it or you should do this because then you'll get here more. But after a bit, like, I'm tired. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm tired. My body tired. My mind gets tired. My spirit gets tired. Mm -hmm. And so I like to let people know, like, I really want to, like, I want to inject this place with, like, good energy, good vibes. Mm -hmm. I want to come being there. But how I'm going to do it is coming as myself. Mm. And, I mean, we all have a representative, of yeah. course. When we go into public, when we're doing different things, we have a representative. And that's kind of our protector, right? Mm. But my protector is starting to be a little bit more shaped, like my tire self, too, with just a little bit more glitter. Yeah. <laughs> just a, <dash laughs> just a glitter. touch more glitter. Okay. I'm, it's starting to kind of like shape together. So yeah. uh, who I am as a person and kind of my values as yeah. a performer and my business, they're kind of becoming similar yeah. at this point. I love and that. it's been a trick. 
It's been a trek. Like, there are days that I'm just like, I'm just going to curl up in this heated blanket and not leave the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm not because I'm an omnivore. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. like, uh, extroverted when I need to be extroverted. And sometimes I just need to decompress and not people. <laughs> yes. And, like, and I have to tell people that and be like, yeah, Today no, is a not people day. Today is a not people day. It's a heated blanket. And I need to give myself grace because for a long yeah. time, especially starting businesses, mm-hmm. I had to... I had to start my full business under the pandemic. Mm. Like, I had to cross my T's, dot my I's, without it being a pace that I wanted it to be, honestly, um, because everything kind of closed, and I didn't have that cushion. And so what I discovered about myself during that part is Mm -hmm. I hate that constant hustle life. Mm. I don't like it. I don't like the constant hustle life. I'm a hobbyist burlesque performer because of that. I love that my friends and uh, really amazing humans can do this like full-time show human life right. and make it work. I love that people can do this full like hustle life and they can make it work. That is not my scene. Mm. My scene is to make sure I have some semblance of a cushion, like right. I'm a bartender right now, um, or if I open a business, I'm still going to do a thing yeah. because I have been... I've been, you know, bottomed out with no cushion. Mm. And having that consistent treading, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like that wake up at 5 a.m., go to bed at 10 p.m. and do it all again. I don't like that consistently. Yeah. I still have to do some of it. Right. But that seven days a week, 24-7, that's not me. Yeah. Oh, we don't talk about that enough is that it is not one size fits all when you think about entrepreneurship. I think I definitely, once getting into this journey, have gotten a lot of advice. And a lot of times it's in the form of encouragement. Like, you got to grind. you got to get those days. And I've been pushing myself. And there's days where it feels great. Like, I got that grind in me. It feels good. I'm, like, hyper-focused, super productive. And then there's days where a migraine hits that I don't expect. And I'm reminded, like, oh, I have some health challenges that are telling me to sit my butt down right now. <laughs> I got to listen to it. And then it really made me think like uh, the dream, the goals, the business doesn't have to change necessarily, but the systems and structures that make it work do. Yeah, and I think that's one it. of those things that I'm hearing like with your example for sure is like, yeah, I did that. And that's like the culture. That's the way we did. But what I need as a human <laughs> looks different than your typical entrepreneur business structure. And I've recently found out about some health challenges that I'm yeah, having. Yeah. And so that's changing how my body works. Mm-hmm. So having to touch in uh, with my performance, with my business, having to be like, hey, so I'm not going to do as many things as I was previously able to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like force myself to do what I was doing before. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to rest more yeah. because if I don't rest more now, I won't be able to do any of the things later. Yeah. And so having to express that, to articulate that to people and have them be like, oh, but I want, I understand. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But what I need is this. Mm-hmm. And what I need is patience. And what I need is grace. Uh, and having to articulate that and be understood uh, and not be yes, but, mm-hmm. you know. And so I've just stopped accepting yes, but. Mm. And people, uh, with that boundary, people think I'm a little bit more stern or a little bit more aggressive, but that comes with being a black femme anyway. People take boundaries as aggression. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. 
<laughs> Sipping my tea on that one for sure. Cause, uh... People Ooh. will take your boundaries as acts of aggression against them. <sighs> um, people don't understand why, as a business owner, you have boundaries. Uh, they don't understand that some days you're not accessible. Mm -hmm. And they get really agitated or upset about that. And I've had to take my mind away from the what ifs, the what mm -hmm. have yous, the oh, this person's just not going to buy my stuff anymore. This person's, yeah. or I'm not going to have any followers if I take time away. And just know that the people who support me mm -hmm. continue to follow my journey, who understand that why I do what I do, um, why it's important, yeah. and who've continued to believe that, they'll be there. Mm -hmm. And the people who drop off and the people who don't like the boundaries and the people yeah. who take those boundaries as a form of aggression or an act of oppression mm -hmm. when there is none, then those people are not the people that yeah. I need. And the followers will come. Mm -hmm. The people who understand um, they like your product, your product being your performance, your product yeah. being your baked good, your product being your classes. Yeah. Whatever the product is, the people who understand that first and foremost, you being a person is the most important, they'll stay. Mm. And they'll connect with you because you are real. And mm. you're honest with yourself and you're honest with them. People, I feel like the people who are on that grind, who yeah. are blowing kind of this, the smoke at people, and when the smoke clears, they see that this person was kind of full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whew. and they see this, this person was kind of full of shit, and they see that this person <laughs> wasn't doing and modeling the things in the yeah. way that they were actually saying they were. They're just talking about it. They mm -hmm. weren't being about it. Mm -hmm. So my thing that I'm trying to go into 2023 with yeah. is I am trying to continue to be about what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And if I'm talking about it, Be about I'm being it. about it. And if I'm not talking about it, because I'm not being it. I'm not, it's not in my mouth. Yeah. So I'm trying to do that. Yeah. I like that and I appreciate it. Because mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, even with social media, with podcasts, yeah. like you can hear a whole lot. And when you actually do your research, you're like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> Questionable. You know, there's people who they're like, oh, I love this, or I'm this, and this is what I do, and every day I wake up, and I, I wake up, and I do this, and this is how I go, and every day, and they're not that person. That is their persona. Look. Persona over persona the person. <laughs> over the person. And that's different. Yeah. And I think we all have different personas. Yeah. So to know, like, yes, I can represent this part of myself in this way but i'm also going to tell you that's not every day because i also have this piece of myself in exactly this piece. and y'all can get the whole entire thing if you ask for it exactly. but you gotta know that it's not just one part of me yes i'm just like Layers. hey <laughs> hey peace love and positivity but some days anybody can get these hands these these Happy hands. <laughs> Happy hands. <laughs> and I'm just Got like, a little spank to them, all you right? Know, and I'm just like, you know, yes, I am on this journey to try to like be loving and yeah. be um, more even and be um, be a light or, you know, bring yeah. light and energy. But sometimes like you need to heal yourself because if you don't heal mm. yourself as a healer, if you don't 
pour into your cup, ain't nobody else going to pour yeah. into you if you are empty. You cannot right. refill from an empty vessel. I've been told that, and I've told people that. And, like, I have check-ins with friends. We check in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me and my other friends, that we check in with each other. How are you today? Do you have any spoons? What's going on? How have you given yourself grace today? Mm, and it's, that last part, though. Oh, it's important. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of the times, we don't treat ourselves nicely um, we really when we're talking don't. to ourselves. We really don't. I got, um, I got scolded by a partner one time. They're like, I am not appreciative of you talking to you like you're talking to you. Okay. And I was like, oh. And it made me realize, I was like, other, like even when you're you know, talking to yourself or you're yeah. telling yourself things, other people are seeing how you're treating yourself. Mm -hmm. And this partner, he's like, he was like, no, like you, if I treated you like this, you would be very upset. Right. It's, it's a problem that you're treating you like this. And that made me actually take some, take some stock yeah. in how I was talking to myself, my internal, and even my talking to myself, like, you need to get this done. Right. And so that you right. need to get this done, like, bitch, hurry up. It's, okay, so what do we need to do today? Yeah. And it's a different, it's, it's how I reshift yeah. my energy. Oh, that's so important because we don't let out. <laughs> or tell other people what's in our head. Mm -hmm. We are so much harsher on ourselves than anybody else would be. Mm -hmm. And then if we tolerate it from somebody else, that's a whole other story. But what we tolerate from ourselves is highly problematic at it's times. It's highly problematic at times. So reshaping how I'm talking like to myself, reshaping. I was having a horrible day starting the other day because mm -hmm. I, I felt how the energy was going. Right. And I was talking to my partner and I was like, hey, I'm going to sit here and be quiet for like 10 minutes. Because I feel like if I continue the day on this path, mm -hmm. it's not going to be good. Mm, I feel like I yeah. need to like sit in this and reshape how I'm approaching this day. Yes. Because it yes. starts, sometimes yes. it starts with how you start. Yes. Fully agree. <laughs> and taking that pause has been one of the most powerful things in my own life as well. So that is something that I would recommend for anybody. Everybody. If anybody. you need to take that If breath. something don't feel right, pause. Acknowledge that it don't feel right and... Take a breath, take a me meditation, music, your favorite song, put on your jam, like, eat a biscuit. I don't know. <laughs> That's definitely a Tunisia thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Tunisia's biscuits. But, you know, if we don't take those moments to pause, we, I don't think we'll ever fill our cup back up. We just continue down the same cycle then until we decide to life. stop. The hustle life till you die. Like, that's like, there's so many people, and I'll say it, the, the extra hustle, no softness culture is toxic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's toxic, and it came from people who did not want to sit mm -hmm. in their, their discomfort, mm -hmm. and it came from people who were like, no, you just have to go, go, go. Oh, yeah, that's happening. Just put that to the back burner. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Okay. There's nothing wrong with hustling in itself. Right. We have to still do that. I right. still hustle. But that hustle till you die, don't stop, like just go, go, go mentality, that's... We're not made for where, that as humans. No. <laughs> as human beings, we have thoughts, feelings, emotions, hearts, spirits, all mm -hmm. that inside of us. We're not meant, we are not robots. I'm not an automaton. I need a day sometimes where I just go look at flower. I just want to sit, <laughs> I want to look at a flower, 
I just want to, I just want to turn my brain off. Dum, 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 you know, nothing. I, so, I called, I was talking to my friend the other day, and I was like, sometimes I engage in my bimbo core. And what is that? I turn my brain off, and I just, no thoughts, just pretty. No thoughts, just breathing. No thoughts, just existing. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, and it's great, and it's important. Yeah. I like to say that really any life, but particularly entrepreneurial life, is about hustle and flow. Yes. And if you get one without the other, it ain't going to work. Exactly. Like, yes, you have to have the seasons of hustle. And then also, one, you got to create systems where the flow can happen. Mm -hmm. But also, you just have to make the choice to care enough about yourself and the human behind the business to mm -hmm. flow. Yeah, to pause, to Because the hustle will happen. Like, hustle does not stop itself. Hustle will happen. Uh, when I'm like, oh, man, I'm slow right now. I stop that thought process. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Let me do something else. Let me reshape. Let me figure it out. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this. Pivot. Like, introduce <laughs> this. I'm going to pivot right now. Yeah. Because I'm not going to complain about that time where I have some time. Mm -hmm. I used to complain, and then all of a sudden, there's abundance. Yes. Yes. And it's too much abundance. <laughs> And then, oh, it's too many slices of pizza. Oh, no, too many slices. Why was I complaining when there was time? And so you get into, you, there's, there's seasons, there's ebb, there's flow, there's yeah. uh, the hustle happens. The ha yeah. those, sorry, the hustle happens without your intervention mm. sometimes. Ooh, the hustle happens without your intervention. Mm. It's It's up to us to you know, to segment and compartmentalize like yeah. how it happens and to build those systems and stuff like that. But that, like if you have a business and it's something that is a commodity that people need mm -hmm. or want or like, the hustle happens without your, your interference. It just, it will be there. Uh, there will be opportunities that will arise. Mm -hmm. um, you can take those, you can, you know, hey, I can't do this right now. Yeah. yeah, I've had to. I've had to do that. People ask me why I haven't done as many pop-ups or yeah. as many of these things, and sometimes um, I've ha had to pivot. I've had to reshape. Yeah. I've had to, you know, I'm, hey, I'm focusing on this part right now. Right. Why am I not performing so much right now? Well, this part of my life is taken over for a mm -hmm. second. That's this season. Okay, this is burly season. Okay, this is you know, this is right. performance season. Okay, this is a little bit of a break because my business has taken mm -hmm. precedent right now. And so knowing that there will be times yeah. where your shift is going to happen. Yes. That's important. And sometimes you make that choice. Sometimes the choice is brought to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really like where this conversation is going. And now I almost want to jump back because I feel like we've definitely been talking about the more recent growth process to getting mm -hmm. to like who you are now, the decisions you make, the mindset behind the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. But like all the way back, mm -hmm. you started cooking when you were five and learning how to do things with your mama. Like what was young Tanisha like? And do you think she envisioned what you're doing now? Uh, young Tanisha was anxious without uh, anxious without a therapist <laughs> undiagnosed mm -hmm. uh she was uh so i grew up like i grew up like very strict christian mm -hmm. 
uh, like, but like in a way that was like shaping a lot of stuff. So I was like more quiet, and I wasn't. I was friendly, and everyone was like, "Oh, she's so nice." And my mom said, "I never met a stranger," but like I was still like really reserved in other regards. Mm-hmm. But I do stuff like I did theater for a long okay. time. I was still doing writing poetry, and I still do, like mm. little poetry things. And I think the friends that I had at the time, they were the foundational help to like get out of my shell. Like yeah. so we'd go on these adventures and we like like talk about stuff and then we'd talk about more things uh than just, you know, school and church. Yeah. So that was cool. Um and I had these like really I had like a core of like three really amazing friends. Like mm-hmm. I had all the really cool friends like that I'm still friends with. Actually, so my high school was pretty small. Okay. I went to like this small high school in Wilmington, North Carolina called New Hanover High School. And we actually like, a lot of us keep up with each other on social oh. media. We like, you know, oh, you had a baby? Oh, yay, congratulations on that baby. <laughs> oh, you got a business? Hype up that business. And like people are, Aww. like it was, it was small enough that like we are able to, you know, hey, so my high school self was a little neurotic. I'm apologizing about that now but I really think you as a human adult is great so yeah. we've, we've done a lot of that work okay uh, I've done a lot of that work with people who um, like people it's funny how my perception was of mm-hmm. myself in like middle school high school and other people's perceptions of me like I was like I'm, kind of, I'm kind of an asshole like I'm sorry about it but I was like no you were so nice like you and I'm like whoa like or like, maybe it was just in my head, like what I was saying was... <laughs> or maybe they thought that I was joking. People have a tendency That's to not true. take me seriously sometimes because I am, my face is half eyeballs and half cheeks, right? Like, it's just <laughs> half eyes, half cheeks. So it's just, and a little mouth. That's it. <laughs> That's like my comp- composition. So people, I've always had these cheeks and some people are like, oh yeah, yeah, she's saying that like mean thing, but she's like totally joking. And I'm like, like oh... I, I wasn't. I wasn't joking. No, <laughs> but I'm going to take it back because I shouldn't have said that. But, yeah, I'm not. Uh, so it's one of those things. So sometimes people just don't take me seriously when I'm mm-hmm. talking about things, and they didn't for a long time. Gotcha. And okay. I'm the oldest, so I had this, like, oldest, mm-hmm. like, mentality for a second. And, yeah, so young Tanisha was neurotic and strange and, like, but I was always determined. Like I, I was like, I'm gonna be a chef, or I'm gonna be an actress, or I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And so I started cooking. You know, I, I did a class, and my uh, high school we did home ec class, and you could teach, yeah. you could do textiles, or you can do culinary. Mm-hmm. And so they culinary, but we would do a cool thing where we would stage. We'd like go into a restaurant downtown, and you what? would learn how to prep cook. From, okay. And that's as part of the credits for that class. That's amazing. It was really cool, and I don't think they would do that too, too much now because liability. I, I like chopped, <laughs> liability. I chopped like one of my fingertips off one time. Like it was a lot. Like, but it was like learning. Like, hey, you learned. <laughs> but I learned. But I learned <laughs> to tuck my fingers in. You cutting, you tucking your fingers in, right? Your fingies, tuck them in. You chop it, right? <laughs> so like, I learned stuff. But I learned like on the job training yeah. stuff, and then yeah. I got hired on at that place nice. the summer after, so at, like fifteenth year. So that okay. was really cool. Okay. And like the teacher I had then, it was really funny because she she was just like real nice. Uh, she was salty and southern, you mm-hmm. know, salty southern lady. 
and you know we'd be making stuff and she's like oh hi and I just would think about stuff and like try to make it mm-hmm. and she's like oh I like that how, give me that recipe you know and like You're stuff like, like that I got the juice and baby and so I was like ah <laughs> I'm doing it right and so like I was also but I was also bullied for how I speak and how I because I wanted to like this aesthetic like I always had liked it like yeah. kind of the vintagey yeah. or kind of maximalist aesthetic but I grew up in this like tiny coastal southern town and so I got picked on for how I sounded I sound white quote unquote mm-hmm. or um, my diction or vernacular all of that I got mm-hmm. picked on for a long for that uh, or just my like uh, like my atrocities, my yeah. my little things that make me a little bit neurodivergent, that are ticks, yeah. and I didn't know how to deal with them, or I just like right. would be off zoning out in my own space, yeah. and then people were like, "Oh, she's strange." I don't, and so people either really liked me or they thought I was real strange, and the happy medium was the friends that I actually made. Actually, one of my best friends, Angie, she like. Apparently she tried to talk to me and I was zoning out one day and I was mean to her. <laughs> like I was like, nah, whatever. I said something and I was like dismissive. And like, but she became one of my best friends and mm-hmm. we're still like from middle school, aren't we? We don't talk every day. And yeah. like with my like really close friends, the thing is with my really close friends, I don't have to talk to them every day, but we can pick up like right where yeah. we left off. It feels like you were talking like every single yeah. day or living in the same town. You know, we catch up a little bit and then poof, right back into it. Right. And that's like my friends back east. That's like my friends here. Like we are both busy, mm-hmm. so we don't get to talk mm-hmm. all the time, but it's like, hey, what's up? And we're just boom, boom, right back in it. Yeah. And this, that's how I feel like close friendships as adult. Are. It evolves. Yeah. It evolves. Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of what what do you have in your planner on this day so we can hang out, right? Sometimes. Right. And some people don't get it, and some people get really upset because you can't be spontaneous. Um, I was uh, I was more rigid uh, in my thought process mm-hmm. as a younger me. I would not have thought I was going to do burlesque. No, I'd be like, ooh, who, what? <laughs> what? Your body not like that. Like, you don't know. You know, I was that. I was kind of like, yeah. as, as I'm an elder millennial, so I asked the younger kids, call, I'll pick me for a second. <laughs> oh, that girl don't need to have that on board. Ooh, because like, cause like you get kind of conditioned into that yeah, yeah. and you get conditioned into like your judging. And so I had to deconstruct a lot of upbringing. I had to deconstruct a lot of, and just like unlearn a whole bunch Uh to be this person. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a process for everybody. Mm-hmm. Some people, they have that access when they're younger. Right. And some people, they don't. Like, my college experience, I went to a PWI, a predominantly yeah. white institution. And Still not, in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Okay. I went to Western North Carolina. That's how I met Crystal, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, Crystal was one of my really close friends there. And, like, we were, we were the weirdos. Like, we'd, like, okay, let's just dress fancy and just go eat at the dining hall <laughs> Always. Today. Let's Always. just be randomly, weirdly fancy. Oh, let's, let's dress, let's mismatch today. Intentionally. You know, or something silly, you it's know. Playful. And we just do playful, yeah. silly things. And it was more like that. So, I, like, we both got to uh, indulge in our whimsy. And I had a couple mm-hmm. friends like that. But then on the flip side, like, you know, it was in the middle of, like, the, the mountains, like, in the valley. Um, queerness was not acceptable. Like, mm-hmm. um, there was very few black folks, so we, like, got to know each other very well. 
Um, I was trying to fit in however that was. And part of this, like, culture that was a little toxic. So I had this mentality I had to unlearn. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, as an adult, wish I'd gone to an HBCU. Mm. But I feel like I wouldn't be able to. So I call myself an infiltrator. Hmm. Tell me more. And so as a healer, like, you know, there's healers and there's uh, in the work that we do for, like, social justice or, like, uh, inclusivity, there's people who are meant to be on the battlefield, like, yelling and being the soldiers and warriors for that. There are people who are healers, and then there's people who I call, who are kind of healers, but they're also infiltrators. Mm. And infiltrators go into spaces that are not necessarily safe or have not been traditionally safe for other people, Mm -hmm. and they plant, like, change, seeds. Seeds of change, yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like I've been an infiltrator, uh, even in the community, going to spaces that are not necessarily uh, the spaces that people have been welcomed into yeah. or going to spaces and being the only of a thing mm. or being that, you know, that example of something and then being like, no, right. but I'm black still. Yeah, or, no, and but being I'm queer your still. authentic self in And those being spaces. myself in those spaces and getting other people, either giving them, uh, kind of helping them be emboldened to right. be themselves yeah. or inviting them into the space or yeah. like having to be co- be able to come to the space and see someone like looks or feels mm-hmm. like them. Yeah, and that has a huge impact too. Mm-hmm. Making a way mm-hmm. is so underrated. Yes. It is exhausting, one, but I think we don't, I'm gonna speak for myself. I know I have had a lot of moments where I step back to reflect on like, wow, like doing this was really hard and this environment wasn't meant for me. But I made this choice because I saw somebody else do it, succeed. They made a way and like, I just need to give some gratitude and appreciation because their journey was probably so much harder than this one. So with you being, I like this kind of like label area that you've created of like being an infiltrator. It's a lot of work too behind that, that people don't see and recognize. It's a lot of work. It's emotional work, especially. It is. It can take a toll. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm just like, nope, I'm not going to do that today. But I like to go, like, I'm not going to not go to a space um, because I was like, oh, that's not for you. It's like, oh, why? But why? You know, and uh, there's been people who have labeled spaces as unsafe, and they're not actually unsafe. There's unsafe, there have been unsafe people there, mm. or there have been people who well, are... One who, bad apple, right? Yeah. <laughs> or so just, like, feeling it out or figuring it out, you know? And there's some spaces that are generally unsafe, and I'm just yeah. like, absolutely not. No, we're not doing this. Yeah. And being honest about that. Um, and trying to create spaces. Like, even in my side, like, you know, I ran, I've run poetry things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, am openly queer. I'm openly polyamorous. I'm openly um, fat, unapologetically black, you know, like all of yeah. those things and just living my truth every day yeah. and being just real with people and being like, hey, so I'm a healer witch. Would you need, do you need some energy today? <laughs> do you need a hug? Yeah. Do you need to exchange energy for a second? You feel down? I can sense it. 
you know. Like, I'm feeling this energy. It's like, like mm, it's shifted. What's wrong? And people are like, oh, oh. She's reading me like Why? a book. Ooh, and <laughs> can you close the book? I don't like this. And so sometimes people feel a little uncomfortable, and yeah. I, tr I try not to make people feel uncomfortable. Hey, if you don't feel comfortable talking about this, we don't have to. Mm -hmm. Just know that I'm here, you know, Just and try to accessible. be that person. Yeah. Yeah. That inclusion goes a long way because I, I actually just said this in a story recently, too. I was saying that really what I struggled with myself, especially in my college years, that I went on a mission to change for everybody else. And now I'm realizing, like, okay, there were other routes to doing that, but it was the need and desire to feel seen, heard, and valued. Mm -hmm. Like, just that minimum. To me, it was like, that's minimal. Like, I just want you to see me for who I actually am. I want to feel heard when I say something, and I want to know that I'm valued in this space. And in college, I really struggled with that. Like, I went to my first Black Student Union meeting and was just, like, enthralled and excited, also at a PWI, to be in our our little smaller space of this giant campus to like see people like me have these conversations. I'm like, yes, everything you're saying, I've felt it. That's real. Yeah. And the moment I try to speak, somebody cuts me off and says, you're not black enough to be in this conversation. And you're like, what's going on? Right. Instantly, the place that I felt seen, heard, and valued, whoosh, like completely different experience. That transformed later. There's like more to that story. But you know, even in that moment, I remember that's that's a moment I won't ever forget because I don't want anybody else that interacts with me to ever feel that way that comes into my studio, my home. Like, I don't want you to ever feel that way. Yeah. And in every space that you and I enter, like, I know that's an energy thing that we try to put into. Like, when we've collaborated on our events, taught our classes, we're always so intentional even about our captions and how mm -hmm. we describe it. Like, everyone is welcome. Or, like, mm -hmm. even if this is specifically for women. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about who's included in that women. Like we're talking about femme identities. We're talking about yeah. really thinking about the span of how we identify ourselves rather than a label that society's putting on us. And thinking about just knowing that as humans, we should be valued. We should find those spaces. Sometimes it's a little harder to find. Yeah. And uh, I get asked like, so sometimes I get really salty about tiny towns. Mm. I get salty about it because I can't find like... That was going to be my find... next question, so keep going. <laughs> I can't find <laughs> this, I can't find this. Oh, I need this. Oh man, I wish we had this. But sometimes it's really good, like being able to do collaborations. Yeah. Hey, I have this idea. What do you think about this idea? You want to do this thing? Let's go. And being able to actually make that happen. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that's one of my favorite parts of small towns. Like, I'm about to do this show you know, at the end of January, and there's so many people that are, like, in my corner for it, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, that I've, inter I interact with on a daily or weekly basis. Oh, well, that's really cool. I'm glad you're bringing this here. Let me help in some way. Mm. Versus uh, when I was in the city, it felt like it was, like, pulling teeth to get people to kind of work together. Or, you know, you'd find these people that you, you could mesh well with, but then everybody else was kind of... I don't know, it's self-serving, if that's, um, it's less community-based, yeah. yeah. and I really like that sense of community that I've found here, yeah. um, and sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's not all shaped up pretty and like a, wrapped up in a nice little bow and box, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's really nice to know that you can rely on these people, you yeah. know, you can rely on other people a little bit, mm. at least. Oh, that's a hard one. 
That's a hard one. Yeah. But okay, that was like part of my next question to you is you still identify as a Southern woman. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to transition out of the South into the West Coast? Well, I went from the South to DC first. Okay. So I was in the South, I was in like the Southeast and I went to the mountains and I was like, okay, I don't think I want to be here. <laughs> like just, um, I really, so things I like about the South, I like some of the genuine hospitality that mm -hmm. you get, like, you know, you never leave hungry from someone's house. Mm -hmm. I like that, you know, somebody gonna be your cousin. Like, you know, you never meet like strangers. I do like, um, the f I miss the food. I miss a lot of my friends and some of my family there, right? Mm -hmm. I, uh, I do also like the fact that people will genuinely be honest about their racism. I mm -hmm. would much rather have someone say- Right to your face. Right to my face. I don't much prefer your kind, but I'll bake you a casserole if you get sick. <laughs> right, right? Um, versus in like Northern states or in California specifically, people have the, I have a black friend syndrome, mm. or I have a fat friend syndrome, or I, I understand the cause where it's just uh, talking about it, not yeah, being about it. Yeah, that's so blatant. You know? And it's not, it's uh, very subtle, um, but I have mm. had friends that weren't my friends. Okay. Uh, that I found out weren't actually down for me here. Yeah. More so than I had genuine friends that were, I knew where they stood instantly when right. I was back home. Right. Um, what Interesting. I, yeah, what I do like about California is I don't have to have a fear as much of being out, of being queer, yeah. of being, you know, in my body and identifying how I identify and talking about mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. I have a lot more agency than I would if I was back home. Mm. Um, you know, people are a little more accepting in certain areas, in certain spaces of uh, a little bit more open-mindedness. Yeah. Not necessarily continuously, but there are people who are gonna be like, people will check people. Yeah faster yeah I feel like well and I feel like that happens more in the cities big cities in California than in a small town mm -hmm. so there's still a choice there to be mostly in a small town although I know you travel a lot yeah. so I'm curious does the agency feel different when you're like in the Bay Area versus here in Merced so what happens in small town versus cities is um, in cities people are talking talking more in smaller towns, people are listening more. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I have not thought of it that way. So people are listening more. Like like I said, the collaborations that I've had mm -hmm. have been people sitting down over coffee or yeah. food. Yeah. Or, hey, this is a really <laughs> cool idea. I heard you talking about this thing. I'm curious as to how you want to go about it. Mm. And actually having real conversations about it. Versus... Um, when I've had things that I've done in the city, mm -hmm. okay, we're scheduling these things, okay, you have this thing, and there's so much noise, background go, go, noise, go, go, go. and it's that continuous hustle culture all the time. Mm. Or it's a lot of, oh, we need to do this, and no follow through. Yeah, the topics might be more prominent, you're hearing it a lot more there, but the relationship behind it is yeah. sometimes missing. And the actual follow through mm. is missing a lot. Interesting. Yeah, and I've, I've noticed that for me, and might not be the same for everybody else, but yeah. my own experience has been, I get a lot more done 
hear um, when I have an idea and I mm-hmm. want to do a process for it yeah. versus what I've done. That's because you can't avoid people in a small town. Like, exactly. I'm going to see your face. I know where you live. I know where you go. You I, can't hide from me. You're going to stay in your house forever because I'm going to find you, right? Right. Like, and you're going to feel real bad when you don't follow through on something and I see your face every day. And so Tuesday. I like that a little bit more. <laughs> I like that a little bit more versus like, I live in D.C. and I'm like, oh, cool. I really want to do this thing. Oh, yeah, we should totally do that thing. Okay, well, how about this thing? Yeah, here, like, if you say you're going to do something, you better follow through because we're going to see each other's faces We're going to see each other, and you're going to feel bad about it. I'm going to make you feel bad about it without actually talking to you about it or making you feel, just my face might make you feel bad about it. (laughs) Just, oh, oh, hi. How are you? Right? And in my head, I'm like, shoot, did I send that text message back? Did I respond? (laughs) What? Right? And so, I don't know. I find that... um, with smaller communities, yeah. you have uh, easier access to yeah. resources sometimes. Yeah. But then on the flip side, like we didn't really have a Burley community here. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So just kind of figuring out what you're missing and you know trying to create it mm-hmm. or bring people in that can help you create it. Right. Um, some people don't have that capacity, and I understand that. Pros and cons to both, for sure. Yeah. So there, are, yeah, there are pros to cities and cons to cities and pros to small towns and cons to small towns. Being able to live, that was helpful. Like, mm. I can live in a house. Yeah. I uh, I don't have to worry about, like, eating yeah. or <laughs> financial resources. I don't have the capacity of the city anymore. Mm. Um, I lived in D.C. for a while. It ate my soul. <laughs> it was a lie. I was just hustling continuously. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, I was... I was indulging in some vices not to feel feelings I wasn't Mm. doing my shadow work I wasn't and so for me that environment it made the worst version of myself versus here I have to tap into that I have to check myself I have to actually because there's not as much instant gratification Mm. for you know going doing being right but then I can also go and do and be I can go to the the city Uh, so I like that. Yeah. I do miss cities. I do like them uh, for smaller stints. Mm-hmm. But for me, living and continuously being inundated with all of it, it gets overwhelming. Yeah. And so for me, smaller areas for living, bigger cities for going to go do and then coming back. Okay. That makes sense. Good centering spaces. Yeah. For, is there any advice that you would give to somebody who is still trying to figure out their place, where they belong, if that's a physical location or if it's more of an emotional thing. Because I know we've, we've been through that journey and I'm still trying to figure out, you know, sometimes exactly that right place. But the way you say with such confidence that you know you're where you need to be and that you have the ability to expand to other places, I know there's a lot of us wanting that. Like, what advice would figure you give it us? Out. Like, uh, there's social groups that are virtual uh, that you can meet people from different cities. Mm-hmm. Go to a space and pick a couple destinations and just be there. Sit in coffee shops when you mm-hmm. go to cities or when you go to small towns. Yeah. Listen to the conversations. Kind of do your work or do whatever, but just kind of be a fly on the wall in spaces. And you can feel the energy that's in different spaces mm-hmm. and see if you like that space. Like, I've gone into towns. I'm like, huh, no, no, this isn't for me. And I've gone into bigger city areas. I was like, I could see myself like, I love Seattle. 
<laughs> like I've been there. This is I'm going back to Seattle like in a little bit, and I love it. Like everyone talks to like a lot of people talk to me about the Seattle freeze, but going in as myself yeah. and like just hey, how are you? I've gotten so many like oh hey, what's up? Like we need to be friends. Yeah. And but that's most places I go because you yeah. go in the space with your energy, and your energy is gonna either break the ice or it's not going to, mm. and that's fine. You know, you have to get a little bit out of that bubble too. Yeah. Actually, trial and error, explore some places, say yeah. hi to people. And if you're an introvert, really hard. Yeah. If you're an introvert, uh, which I am an omnivert, so sometimes I am, on those days where I'm not trying to extrovert, sit in that coffee shop. Just sit in that coffee shop. Just listen. <laughs> Listen, sit in that bar in that darker corner where nobody else going to bother you. Listen. <laughs> Just listen. Because like you get a lot of information, important information, mm. from just sitting and listening. That's so true. And so I'm not always talking. This is most I'm talking in a while. But you get a lot of pertinent information about who, what, when, why, all of it. Listen. Mm. Do you feel like it's a when you know you know situation when you no. go to places? No. <laughs> no. I feel like uh, get tested out. Sometimes you might think, oh, I love this place. You go mm -hmm. there. It might not be your place. It might be like, okay, I listened. I feel like this is good. But you might not go into the right group of people. Mm -hmm. Or you might not be in the right part of the area. Yeah. I know when I first moved here, I had a whole fiance. <laughs> I didn't know that. When I moved to Merced, I had a whole... <laughs> person I was like I'm gonna get married to this person I'm really excited about it and he got big fish in a small pond syndrome mm. and I let him go swimming away from my pond and uh, <laughs> it was help it was helpful I was like okay you go ahead and be by you go ahead and be terrible by yourself I can do this by myself <laughs> and so originally like I was telling you originally I stayed in Merced out of spite <laughs> like, okay, okay. I might stay because I was like, no, I'm not going to go back there. And then, like, you be here. And so then I was like, I'm going to haunt your dates. So, Stop. no, no, <laughs> I will say that. I, like, I stayed. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I, I work this place. You get your upper. I'm going to go work this place. You get your downer. I'm going to talk to all these people. I'm going to infiltrate spaces I know you're going to be mm -hmm. at. It was a little toxic. I'll say it. It'd be like that sometimes. Sometimes you get hurt and hurt, 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 hurt. right? Yep, hurt, hurt creates hurt, more hurt. hurt. <laughs> uh, but then, it, like, when I was just in these spaces and people were being so genuine, they were being, like, honest with me and I was like oh I really like this okay I actually genuinely like this and then when it became not a spite state it became like I'm staying because I want to be here mm -hmm. I could go back but I'm staying because I want to be here okay well I like this okay I like this I'm able to do this and I'm figuring out and figuring out like buying into the community buying into the people that gets you a better um, overall uh, quality of life yeah when you're just in the place and you're like, well, I'm just here. I'm going to go make my little money or whatever. And then you just check out. Then you don't get that experience as much. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm. So many nuggets to chew on, too. As you think of place and space and belonging, mm -hmm. especially those are the patterns I'm hearing. In this present moment, what are you most proud of? Oh, uh, I found a new therapist. All right. I uh, I went <laughs> like I went to my intake today yeah. and they seemed chill like so we'll see how it goes but actually taking that first step being like I need a therapist that resembles me mm. I need a black femme therapist 
I had another therapist. They were trying to be my friend. They were, like, not being professional. It was just not yeah. cohesive. And actually be like, this is not fitting and working for me. Yeah. We need to stop. And finally being like, okay, I do need to find a person that is not a friend mm-hmm. and that is not obligated, but has a professional stance on talking to me about these things that I need to actively work on. Yeah. So one of the things yeah. I'm most excited about is being able to be like, yeah, I'm finding like things, things that I have been not addressing, I'm mm. starting to address them. Because that journey never stops. Because it never stops. Like, you can be you can be at the most zen spot. You can be like, oh, yeah, I got it together. Everybody don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. We all need a little help. Either it's friends or it's therapy or it's something. Yes. We need something. Yes. Behind every successful person you see, there's a story and there's a healing journey continuing to happen <laughs> internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would... One second. <coughs> okay. <laughs> what would... 37-year-old Tanisha with a new therapist who is authentically in her being and in her work, say to 15-year-old Tanisha. Calm down. Calm down. It's not all problematic. It's it's not all a problem. Uh, Like, no, you're not everybody's problem. You're not a burden. Mm. Because I was, like, worried. Oh, no, I'm, like, something's wrong. Oh, everybody's, like, upset at me. It's not that serious. It's mm-hmm. serious, but it's not that serious. Yeah. So I would take myself so seriously that I would just like get, I would just be so sick. Just like yeah. my body would be so tense continuously. And the only person that you really need to impress or be better for or be faster for is yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody else will see that you are doing yourself for yourself and you're going through this world and you're trying to be the best version of you Yeah. if they want to see it. They're going to mm-hmm. see, people are going to see what they want to see from you anyway. Yeah. So you, I'm not, so that chameleon nature that we have a tendency to do, mm-hmm. stop. Stop. It's too much, it's expelling energy for other people at that point. Mm. And there's no need. Yeah. There's no need. Those people that are in your corner that are gonna be there they're gonna be there Mm. all you gotta worry about is just being like the the version of you that is the best for you and uh that's not of course like i mean if you if your intentions are decidedly malicious of course yeah that's gonna invoke like different energy but uh if they're not then of course that's gonna bring in Mm -hmm. good people i like that And similarly, but thinking forward, what do you feel like your highest self or your future self, however you want to think about it, would be saying to you right now? I'm a nerd, a plant nerd. Water your plants. My highest self would be like, okay, look, I understand we get into situations (laughs) that our brain's like, no, I don't want to do anything. The only thing we need to do is water our plants. Like, everything else is going to come, but water them. Because if they die, then we feel bad. And that's in our space, and we have brought them into our space. So, yeah. So, girl, water your plants. <laughs> Literally and metaphorically Literally and all Literally and the metaphorically. <laughs> water your plants. Fill up your water. Water, your, water yourself. Water yeah. your plants. And so that kind of goes kind of full circle. Yeah. I love that. 
as I'm like, I really need some water that plant behind me. I'm not gonna lie. I they need know. some love. My pathos right is like, baby, it's water outside. Water's not water. Right, like me. it's pouring rain outside and you ain't giving me none of that. Like Look, I can see like, it. Give me give me a minute. Hold on. All right. Because <laughs> yeah. we do that to ourselves. We do. Like we do that. I know I need some water, but I'm gonna just push through this real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna just get through it's like Girl, you know you're going to die if you don't just water yourself for yeah. a second. Yeah, it's important. So water your plants, water yeah. yourself. Take that two seconds. Take that time. Take that energy. Hold that space. Be present. Do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I only got two more questions for you. Okay. What is 2023 bringing you? What do you foresee? What you working on? What are those big things maybe? If you can give us some, some insight. <sighs> Top four. I'll do top four. Okay. Uh, quarterly burlesque review. <laughs> I got four shows coming this year. All in Merced? Four in Merced. Okay. Yeah. And a festival out of Merced, so that's not part of the okay. quarterly review. But yeah, four shows. Merced shows, so local shows. Yeah. I'm bringing people here, and I'm just bringing different environments and different atmosphere each time. So look out for that. Um, Two, figuring out a better organized space because mm-hmm. it's been a challenge. Awesome. So that is that is me <laughs> manifesting that, that mm-hmm. that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not a if, it's a when. When? Uh, let's see. Soon come. Trying to travel a bit more, trying to figure it out, uh, how it works with my current work and my business, uh, and also reshaping how my business is. Yeah. Um, because I am going to eventually, number four, uh, be working towards a goal of a brick and mortar space in a couple years. Yes. So kind of sitting down, saying what that looks like, uh, how the process to get there is going to happen, mm-hmm. and um, kind of what I want that space to entail. Yeah. And potentially writing a cookbook Ooh. that has some stories. So I have that Ooh, kind of I in like the works. Yeah, but it's going to be like a small, probably a smaller one first and then yeah. expand it out. Like a little trial to like give us a taste. Yeah, just like here, <laughs> you can have a couple. Do you like it? Okay. Because you know, everybody would be asking about them biscuits. Like, how do you get them this way? How? Yeah, they do. And people are like, how do you Sweet do this potato scone biscuits thing? for me in particular. Yeah. Like my friend really likes the herb cheddar ones. and So like everybody has like their favorite biscuit. Everybody mm-hmm. has their favorite like treat which is cool, and so trying to get, like, some of my top treats yeah. and people. Because people, somebody was like, even if you make a cookbook, I don't care about all that. I want you to make it. It's different. Because it's, <laughs> di- it's different when you make it, but Never it's still really it fun <laughs> to have something that's like, oh, my, my yeah. you know, favorite neighborhood baker person has yeah. this little, like, thing that they're doing. So those are the top yeah. four things that I have in the works. I love it. Other things are not talking about yet. Exactly. I get that. Sometimes you got to keep it under the Got to keep yourself close to the chest. Keep the, the oven yes. still for a little yes. bit. <laughs> well, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to check in, like, towards the end of the year and see, like, how those four things have been manifesting and mm-hmm. coming to fruition. The last question would be, for anybody listening or watching, what do you want them to remember about Tanisha McLean? Uh, I'm weird. But in a way that's like authentic, like if nothing else, like I lived as my full self and um, tried to be as good of a person as my mind would have me to be. That's not being like 
always positive, that's not being always negative, but that's just going in and just, hi, this is me, and I'm myself, Mm. and that is what it is. Mm. I love and appreciate you as your full self, and I'm really excited for other people to get to know you through this format in a little way, but obviously everybody in our local community knows and loves you in a lot, in, a, in big ways beyond like social media and things we can find on the internet. So I just want to see you expand and grow to all the things that you want mm-hmm. to do. I thank you for joining me because this conversation was delicious. Thank you for having me and you're always fantastic and wonderful. I love you. Thank you. Okay, where can the people find you? Okay. How can they connect with you? Um, So I have two Instagrams. If you're looking for food and like baking type things and tea parties and possibility of uh, virtual classes, Mm -hmm. then it's Instagram at Kishi Ferry. If you're looking for burly stuff and, you know, radical ridiculousness, that's where you're going to find that. It is Instagram at Peachy Queen, y'all. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so Instagram is the better way. I'm also on TikTok at Peachy Queen, y'all. Uh, I just am random like I was random today on that. Me, my friend, let's be friends. Yeah. That's about it. I'll make sure to link everything to you in the description. But more than anything, like, what I got from this conversation is that the most important thing is to let go of the BS that we're told to shape ourselves into and just be our full authentic selves in business, in life, in relationships, in it all. You definitely are setting that example. So thank you, Tanisha. Thank you. Yeah. And that's a wrap, y'all. <laughs>